Yes, it certainly is. Thanks for tuning in this morning. And Dr. Andrew Corbett is with us. Very interesting subject uh, he's going to talk about today once again. It is. Good morning, Cameron. Yes, and we are here in a, what is right now a delightfully blue-skied Launceston, despite the temperature. It's one yeah. of those tricky things, Cameron, where it looks sunny. It looks yeah. like yeah. the weather is quite favourable. But I think what was I don't know what was the current top temp or well, current temperature at the moment? It's, is no, it, let's have a look. Has it got above zero, Cameron? Not the last time I checked. Yeah, um, and that's that's the tricky thing because it yeah, looks minus point seven. Yeah, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> it looks quite delightful, but it's it's actually quite tricky. And this has actually got me thinking that you know sometimes we experience these cold days and it affects our mood. I've mentioned this before, and for many people, this is. A huge issue. It's a really huge problem. One of the really good things to keep in mind about winter is, you might want to write this down, it doesn't last. No. Well, yeah. <laughs> it comes to pass. And, and I think it's a metaphor for life. Sometimes we go through seasons in life and we have our winters. We have those times of our lives that are bleak they're cold they they seem unproductive but in fact there could be a lot going on one of the one of the things about tasmanian winters is they are absolutely necessary for our ecosystem our ecosystem that is the way things grow and the way we produce food and how animals function and interact with our society and ultimately for the benefit of all people it needs winter it actually needs it and so there's so while it looks like there's not much going on there's actually a lot going on it's kind of that ancient little saying that's uh, don't confuse motionlessness for idleness you know there's a difference between being still and doing nothing huge difference today Cameron I want to it just sort of segue into that thought into this this thing five ways to give yourself an unfair advantage in life and i'm mindful that there are many people who are always wondering always thinking how come everyone else gets the breaks how come i'm always left out how come it never how come the chips never fall my way how come they always get the luck or whatever here's a couple of thoughts just to introduce this concept because I want to help people to realize that it's it's rarely the case that someone gets quote-unquote all the breaks rarely the case that that's how life works so just a couple of thoughts wealth so how about this one Cameron some people are so poor all they have is money <laughs> Yeah, well, now, it's interesting. It's interesting a, it is an interesting analogy. thought, Cameron, because we sometimes think that being wealthy or being rich is equated to how much money you've got. So that mm. leads into yeah. this next thought. So just as I help people, I hopefully help people to to maybe look at their circumstances, maybe look at their situation just a little bit differently. Because here's the next one: wealth, your wealth, is not measured by your bank balance. No, that's right. Your that's wealth, good. yeah, your wealth is actually measured by the options 
that you have or that you enjoy. Now, when we look at I, I've, when we look at people who are in abject poverty, and on my Facebook wall at the moment, I've got a, a tragic picture, Cameron. I, I I did happen to note that you hadn't liked it yet, Cameron. Um, I just noted that. I've been looking at your <laughs> profile all day, yeah, all morning, a, so far. There's a there's a picture there you'll see on my Facebook wall of a of a, a lady in. Sub-Saharan oh, Africa. Oh yes, I, I did see that. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. I've just liked it now. Skin and thank you, Cameron. Skin and bones, and it looks like she's giving her daughter, who has not got a thread of clothes on. Uh, the, the photo is quite discreet. There's, there's, it's not, you know, it's not cr- a crude photo, but it, it's a moving photo because here's her daughter, not, a, not a not a thread of clothes on and the mother is giving her daughter who is by any definition emaciated it looks like her daughter has not had anything to eat for weeks and whatever she had last obviously wasn't much and and she's giving her daughter a drink out of what seems to be an a, a used oil container and you can only imagine what what the condition of the water is. And and the caption is, remind me again how hard your life is. In other words, the, the, these people, that they, they are poor not just because they don't have the basics of life, food, clothing, shelter, food, clothing, and shelter, and water. They are poor because they don't have any other options. So. You know, thank God for compassion. Thank God for world vision. Thank God for the salvos and others who are at work in these places, giving people not just material things, but giving people options. Now, it's people may not have thought, and, and I, I almost guarantee that most of us do not realise we actually have options. The next time. You approach dinner time or lunchtime and you ask yourself the question, what shall I have for lunch? You've just declared you've got options. But people in some parts of the world, they don't even get the privilege of asking that question because they don't even have the options. Now, this should cause us to become rather thankful for what we have. And it should cause us not to be as downcast not to be as melancholy as perhaps we sometimes let ourselves become this is a quote from sir winston churchill and 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 he said this and I, i think this is profound a pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity an optimist sees opportunity in every difficulty so we have there the the perspectives on life that you can have you can have a perspective on life where you see that there's opportunity in every difficulty and and there certainly is and it's one of the basic concepts for leadership that you you view every problem as a challenge you view every difficulty as an opportunity to at least grow so when you start to get those things in place and and these things I'm they're not I'm just just I'm not just sharing random thoughts at the moment. I'm building up to something to introduce to you. One more, one more thing, and then we'll go to music break. Then we're going to count down the five ways that you can give yourself an unfair advantage in life. Here's, here's the next one. Someone has said this. 
the meeting of preparation with opportunity generates the offspring we call luck. You know, so when it looks like someone's lucky, chances are they've actually done something to attract that opportunity. They've actually prepared. They are prepared to embrace okay. that opportunity. And that's what we call luck. Cameron, let's come back after this for music break and we're going to get stuck in it. We're going to count down five down to one, five ways to give yourself an unfair advantage in life. Dr. Andrew Corbett will be back soon here at Launceston's YFM. We've got uh, a song uh, from uh, a group called FFH after this. All right, and uh, you're all right as we learn from Dr. Andrew Corbett and his words of wisdoms, uh, words of wisdom on the uh, Wednesday morning discussion this morning. Cameron, we're counting down five ways to give yourself an unfair advantage in life. And we've said that there are some people who almost take the pessimistic view. They, they seem to think life, the chips fall for others, but not for them. The other thing I'm, I'm also mindful of, Cameron, that we have pockets in our community that are filled with despair. There are people who, who feel that there's nothing really to live for life has no real meaning for them all they can do is exist from day to day and sometimes that's quite painful for them and the result is they try to numb that pain either through alcohol or illicit drugs or whatever they do and the result is fairly tragic for them and for those that care for them their family and friends and it leads to all kinds of socially destructive things such as drug addiction, hospitalisation, criminal activity and so on. I wonder if in Tasmania we could begin to develop a culture where we actually put in place some of the... Well, I'm going to hope for all five things. All of these five things to give ourselves as Tasmanians an unfair advantage in this world. How about this one? Number five, and, and this, this relates to some... Uh, my, my wife, Kim, is doing her Masters of Research uh, in Education at the moment with UTAS, and one of, one of the projects that she's working on is what, what is it that motivates people to continue learning after they've left school? And there's, a, there's actually a growing trend in Australia, Cameron, for people to re-engage with school to once again go back and do studies whether it be by distance in fact it, it nearly always is by distance so people are becoming the expression is lifelong learners by distance by doing distance education and interestingly <coughs> interestingly Cameron they are doing better in in their post-school years than they actually did at school because they can see the point. Uh, how, how often, you know, if you can remember back to high school, Cameron, probably easy for you, not so easy for me. Oh, come on. <laughs> but in high school, sometimes the motivation to do well is, is really not there because, you know, we've just got to do it. We've got to do school. And, and, and it's, you know, it's, sometimes it honestly can be a bit of a drag. But what happens is there's a trend now where people are going back to, to do perhaps university courses, TAFE courses, Cert 4 programs, those sorts of things, where 
they're actually doing better than they ever did when they were at school because they've got that motivation. They want to learn something. So here's number five. Be a lifelong learner. Be a lifelong learner. Cameron, I know that you have to get up pretty early to do the breakfast program, and you probably haven't seen much of Wimbledon live. No, no, I haven't. In fact, I haven't seen any of it. Shame on you, Cameron. Call yourself an Australian and you haven't watched Wimbledon. Well, no, I'm not going to go there. Not that there's any Australians Nick, left in it, but I was anyway. going to mention Nick Curios. Well, I'm going to mention Nick Curios. Okay, Nick, Nick, good, good. Nick's probably listening. <laughs> Nick, I, I want to... Uh, as a fellow tennis comrade and, and as somebody who... who is underst- a world champion for who, 10 years in a row. Who right. understands the pressures of being in the public eye... Let me, let me offer you a word of advice. And it's in connection with this be a lifelong learner. And it's this. Sometimes our, our greatest learning opportunities don't... Or, or, let me put it this way. Sometimes our greatest learning opportunities come from unexpected sources. Unexpected sources. So how about this, Cameron? When someone criticises you, like, say, for example, the operations manager of YFM... Which happens occasionally. Which happens regularly. (laughs) Really? (laughs) And, you know, I'll come and say, hey, Cameron, is your collar up? Is your collar down? Is your shirt tucked in? Is your shirt tucked out? You just did that before we came on Yeah, I do, I do, I do. I give you a hard time. Oh, that's all right. I deserve it. Amen. Anyway, (laughs) so... (laughs) But what's happening there is I do that because I care for you and I care that you learn and grow. And yeah. so that's one of the things. Sometimes we, we will have people who are criticizing us. And I want to speak to teenage children right now. Every teenager, just just put your ear closer to the radio and listen to Uncle Andrew for a minute. Because when your parents criticize you, maybe because you did something or didn't do something to a certain standard, they're doing that because they care. And Nick, if you're listening, when the umpire says, warning, Mr. Curios, uh, a, a use of obscenity, don't don't just exploit more obscenities at the umpire as if it was his fault. Take this as a learning opportunity. And instead, rather than abusing the umpire and spitting the goo and as Todd Woodbridge said, tanking the next game and a half by not even trying, rather than doing that, how about this? If you, in the heat of the moment, express an expletive on the court because you're frustrated with how you're playing or your opponent is playing, or even if you're frustrated with how you think the umpire is calling the game or whatever, and you let out an expletive... And the umpire says, the rules state, you cannot do that. Rather than going off at him, take it as a learning moment and do this. Say to the umpire, sorry, mate, I shouldn't have said that. You know what? Nick's fortunes in that game could have been completely turned around. He could have won that match if his mental attitude and his character were different. Yeah. He really could have. It's unfortunate that Dawn Fraser, and she admits this, it's unfortunate that she, in her frustration, and many Australians felt this when they were watching Nick, it was, it was very, it was, it was, it was disappointing that here's someone representing Australia, swearing at linesmen, swearing at the umpire, 
breaking the, deliberately breaking the rules and displaying an attitude that is very un-Australian. Well, I hope it's un-Australian, Cameron. So we, we treat these moments as lifelong opportunities to learn. When, when we have lifelong opportunities or becoming to, to be a life learner, we see those criticisms. We also see learning opportunities by the mistakes of others, and we can learn from it. We begin, many people have actually found that when they were in school, they did not enjoy reading. But by this stage of life, they've learned that they can read and actually get something out of a book. You might be surprised. It might be a long time since you've ever read a book, a a book that you could learn something from. I'm not talking about the kind of books that Cameron reads, Mills and Boone novels. I'm talking about... (laughs) I don't even read Mills and Boone, mate. Cameron... Denial is not just in Egypt, you know what I mean? So here we have the opportunity for, for you to maybe discover that you are actually better at learning than perhaps your experience at school taught you. You may be a teenager now struggling with school. I've got some advice that your parents may not want me to give you right now, and that is this. What you learn in school is it's, it's of value, but what you learn beyond school is of more value now i know there's going to be parents who are upset with me because it sounds like i might be saying don't try hard at school i'm not saying that at all i'm saying do not think the entire season of learning in your life is what happens in a classroom in a school there are learning opportunities that will that will come your way if you want to give yourself an unfair advantage you become a lifelong learner now how about this who wants to be a millionaire it used to be a tv show but who does want to be a millionaire how many people have thought gee you know if i had a million if i was a millionaire i could really i could make some difference in this world well here's a thought how how actually could you do it how could you do it chances are you are going to have to learn something you are going to have to learn how to develop business skills and and you're going to have to learn to manage money. You're going to have to learn to manage people and all that. Well, here's one of the best things you can do. Go and find someone from whom you could learn from and ask them to teach you. Now, I, there's a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad where the author, Robert Kiyosaki, He does this with several people and he asks them to teach him the skills of business, the skills of entrepreneurialism. And today he's one of the world's leading entrepreneurs because he learned to learn. Here's an interesting uh, quote. It's not what you know, it's what you know that counts. Get the difference. It's not what you know, it's what you know that counts. So some people... Say it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yes, it is. We'll talk about that in a moment. But it is also what you know. I mean, what you know can make a huge difference. So become a lifelong learner. If you want to give yourself an unfair advantage, be someone who learns. Cameron, I have never done a computer course in my life. Okay. Well, neither have I, actually. You and I are yeah, quite similar. Yeah, but we do shows. Yes. <laughs> all right. I'm, Cameron, I am getting on, some computer... Back. I know. I'm getting some computer lessons from yeah, Gareth, actually. Yeah, you are. Actually. You are. Yeah. Thank you, Gareth. But yeah, thank you, Gareth. I've never, I've never done any software thing, but, but I've learned how to learn. And usually I learn by looking at people who know what they're doing. And I'll go, oh, how'd you do that? Oh, how? Whoa, show me that again. 
or I'll watch a couple of YouTube videos. We're, we're based on watching people who are doing it. I'm, I'm learning how to learn. In life, there's lots of things like that. You want to know how to hook up the, the Bluetooth on your phone to the Bluetooth in your car? Find someone who knows how to do it and learn from them. Learn from them. And there's lots of things like that in life. And if you learn to do that, you will be on the way to giving yourself an unfair advantage in life. Cameron, let's come back after the news and count down the last four of the five ways to give yourself an unfair advantage in life. Excellent. Yeah, let's go to news now. It is nine o'clock. We're continuing now with our Wednesday morning discussion with Dr. Andrew Corbett. We are the five ways to give yourself an unfair advantage, Cameron. And the first one we've seen, number five, is be a lifelong learner. People who know stuff, and you just shared with me off air that there was a problem that you know we were having here with some of some of the, the technical stuff. And yeah, yeah. you rank someone who, who's yeah. an expert, and they just said, oh, that's easy, just do this. It frustrates me when people say, oh, that's easy, just do this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because it's always, that's easy, just do this, if you know what you're doing. Yeah. And that's the point. That can actually give you the unfair, the first of, of, of these five unfair advantages. If in Tasmania we can get that there's a difference between schooling and education, and if you want to hear a show we did about that you can go to our wayfm.org.au slash download section and you'll see an entire program that we did talking about the difference between schooling and education just because you've been to school doesn't mean you've been educated just because you've you're educated doesn't necessarily mean you did that well at school those things can often match up but education is what you're able to learn, and it can always, it, it can often be non, what we call non-traditional. You can learn from someone coming along saying, "Hey, you know, you could do this a bit more efficiently." If you're Nick Curios, you're going to, uh, and look, I'm not trying to have a huge go at Nick, but I, I use him as a, a graphic illustration. Now, you'd probably tell that person, "Get lost! Don't tell me what to do." Even at the press conference when Nick was asked, you know, it, you seemed to lose interest in the game, he abused the journalists. He just went off at the journalists. And I just think, this is not someone who's setting himself up to get an unfair advantage in life. This is actually, the, some of the you're doing some of the things to make life very difficult for yourself. If you want to get an unfair advantage in life, be a lifelong learner and recognise that education often comes from unexpected sources and that could include people who sound to you as if they're being critical and oftentimes those are the people who really care and they represent some of the best opportunities that you might have to actually learn something number four you want an unfair advantage in life it comes down to how you treat people be polite interested and interesting someone has said people who have interests are interesting. If you want to be interesting, take an interest in people particularly. Learn to learn the art of conversation. Learn the art of being able to look at someone. Very frustrating when you're talking with someone and their phone goes off. Maybe it's a message or a Facebook message or something. And while you're talking to them, they, they dive into their pocket, they pull out their phone, they, they, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm. And yet you know they're not listening to you, Cameron. 
Do you ever have that? Yes. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yes, it is. And, because, look, and mm-hmm. I'll put my name up here. I'm guilty of doing that myself. We actually bought Ruby around the time of... Well, actually, she had saved up to buy an iPod. And if there's anyone from um, Apple Incorporated listening today, <laughs> which there probably is all the way over in Seattle, Washington... Be. It could oh, be. You never know. Every week, Cameron. Uh, so, sorry to say this to you. We're probably going to burst your bubble here. But Ruby was saving up to buy an, an iPod. And initially, the iPods were a couple hundred dollars. And I thought, look, this is actually a good exercise for my eight-year-old daughter to set a goal. It's going to take her probably a couple of years. And she got to her ninth birthday, had about, well, what we thought was about half the money. And then... They had released a new edition of the iPod and they put another $100 on the price. So she was now still two years away from saving up for it. We happened to be in the opening of a major stationery store in town and they had a special on Nokia phones. There you go. And I looked at this and I just thought, here's this Nokia phone. It's about $80 and it's touchscreen, just like an iPod. It's a camera, just like an iPod. It's a music player, just like an iPod. We don't have to put a SIM card in it, and she can do everything, basically, that an iPod can do. So we put it to her. Did you want to keep saving for an iPod? It was about $368 or something. It would take her about the next two and a half years to to save that. Or did you want to get this? And she opted for this, which is probably a reasonable thing. But now we've got to teach her etiquette. How do you... How do you use one of these things when someone's talking to you? Well, the answer is you don't. <laughs> Put it down. <laughs> Put it away. When, and we've had to, uh, we had to address that with her very quickly, and it actually caught us a little bit off guard because we did not expect that Ruby would be so engrossed with this thing, and yet she is. She really is engrossed. So we've, we have had to say uh, no. No. <laughs> When someone's talking to you, get off that thing, look them in the eye. As they're talking to you, you look at them. If you're talking to them, don't look down at your phone, look up at them. And you so, could be addressing me right now, you know. Oh, right? Well, take, yeah. well, you I will, I'll write, take note. Yeah. Write all this down there. Because when you do that, it says something to the other person. When you don't do it, it says something to the other person. And if you want to get an unfair advantage in life, i tell you what, as much as I've just said it's not what you know, it's what you know that counts, yes. it's also who you know. And the more bridges that you're able to build with people, the the more advantage you're going to have in life. You are going to find that life will deal you many unfair advantages in your favor if you learn how to build bridges with people. Learn how to be polite with people learn how to be pleasant with people learn how to take an interest in people and when they're talking to you don't be looking around for you know who else has walked into the room i know i know who who else might be uh you know mm -hmm, i'm standing here with you until someone more interesting walks in then i'm gone mother Teresa was asked something like this who to you who to you is the most important person in your life. 
And Mother Teresa, when she was alive, she said, the person I'm with. That's a great answer, Karen, because it it reinforces that when you're with someone, treat them as the most important person in your life. They, they used to say of William Wilberforce that he was the master of doing this. He, he could... He came across as someone who charmed people, not because he flattered them, but he simply listened and he simply took an interest in what they were saying to him. So by being polite, interested and interesting, you will find that those bridges that you build with people will lead to open doors. People will open doors for you. By by being polite, courteous and pleasant you'll actually leave a pleasant fragrance in the mind of someone else that when an opportunity that they're aware of that you could fulfill they will they think of you it's good so and and sometimes those opportunities come from people that you would least expect i remember hearing the story of a, a farmer and his wife turning up at, um, I think it was Yale University in America, one of the Ivy League schools in America. And he he said, look, I want to speak to the president of the college. And the, the receptionist looked at this guy, you know, holding his hat with a, a very worn suit, a very old shirt on and, you know, a tie not quite tied properly, <clears throat> shoes that had obviously, you know, walked through mud, uh, had been scuffed quite a bit formed an assessment of this man and his wife and said, look, he'll, he'll, I'll see if he's available, just take a seat. And she contacted the president and he said, tell them I'm not available. And so she said to them, sorry, the president's not available. They said, well, when will he be available? Well, he could be available soon. Oh, that's okay then, we'll just wait. So they waited for about an hour and eventually the farmer got up and came over to the counter and said, look, um, I'm, I'm sorry that the president of, of the university couldn't meet with us today. I wanted to give, I, I wanted you to know that my son was a student here and he was recently tragically killed in a road accident. We wanted to do something in his memory. Wow. Um, so we won't do it with this university. We'll do it to the college that he went to before he came to this university. We were about to give you $300 million dollars we'll give it to the college that he went to instead, have a good day, and walked out. Now, that that's a true story, and it highlights sometimes... Uh, please don't misunderstand me. I'm, I'm not saying you should only befriend people because, you know, there's some ulterior motive. I'm saying if you want an unfair advantage in life, you learn to be nice to people. You learn that the best opportunities in life come through the open doors that other people open for you. So, Cameron, let's come back after this music break. We've got three more to go where we're talking about the five ways to give yourself an unfair advantage in life. Well, I hope you're uh, learning some stuff from Dr. Andrew Corbett this morning. Let let me tell you, I certainly am. We'll be back with those uh, three more uh, points in a moment or two. It's now 9.15. Yeah, Ash Monday, lovely song as well, In God's Eyes. It's now uh, 9.22. Three more points uh, coming your way now with Dr. Andrew Corbett and his Wednesday morning discussion as we talk about 
how to get an unfair advantage in life. Yeah, five ways to give yourself an unfair advantage in life. And as we've mentioned, some people think, you know, it's always that person that gets all the breaks. It's always that person who gets it. And I never seem to get the breaks. Well, if you want to give yourself an advantage to maybe create a few breaks for yourself, think about these things. Be a lifelong learner. Be polite and interested with other people and learn how to be courteous and pleasant. And that will give you an unfair advantage in life because after all, people open doors for people. And it's, as we've said, it's not just what you know, it is what you know that counts. And And sometimes it's also who you know. And building those bridges with people can really make a difference. And before you go looking for someone to fill the the needs that you have in your life see if you can be a part of the solution for someone else's life filling their needs as well here's number three develop targets for your life many people just do life they just go through the motions and life is just too short just to exist you need to start living and sometimes living involves having a target i'm going to suggest six areas six key areas that we all need to have targets for. And and these are really, really healthy things. One is achievements. Now these achievements could be feats. In other words, this is what I want to do. The achievement could be, this is what I want to have. And you might be a young person who's thinking one day, I, I wanna get married and I want to build a home or have a home. Oh man, that that's great. But they're great achievements. These Each of these six areas of life come under the, the category heading of aspirations. Aspirations, they're really healthy. I think, I think God has designed us, Cameron, to have desires and dreams and aspirations for our life. And sometimes you need to just think, just take some time out sit down maybe under a tree in a park or wherever you can do it maybe at a coffee table or uh, take a cup of tea and sit on the veranda and have a think about these things what is it that you want to achieve in your life you know when you think that some of the most profound achievements in life have happened by people not in the early part of their life i mean yeah there's there's plenty of examples of people who achieve phenomenal things in the in the, the very first stages of their life i think of boris becker he won wimbledon as an unseeded player at the age of 17 never been repeated utterly extraordinary but that's the point it's extraordinary it's not common you want to know what is common people hit their straps at the age of 57 that's what all the research says the research says that that the average person will hit their straps at 57 because it's at that stage of life that you've got enough wisdom, enough life connections, enough relationships in your life, you've got enough material resources behind you, and you've still got enough energy to do something with it. So if you're thinking, you know, you're over 40 and life has passed you by, get a grip you've still got more than that again ahead of you you know easily you could live to 80 these days easily so it's around about the age of 57 that 
that people begin to hit their straps. So think about the achievements that you could do with your life. Do you want to travel? That's an achievement. Well, begin to write these things down as a target. How about this one? Physical targets for your life. Cameron, you and I have both got physical targets for our life. Yes. We we need to be fitter. Uh, As I... As I hurtle through my 50s, I'm discovering that you've actually got to work twice as hard to stay, you know, to achieve half of what you used to be able to achieve physically. So it it actually, and this is, to be honest, this has caught me by surprise. You actually have to do more in order just to be able to, you know, function the way you were functioning beforehand. So physical targets talk, you know, levels of fitness. But if, if weight is an issue for you, then then have that as part of that target as well. Uh, I, I think sometimes we, we in our culture, are a little bit besotted with weight and we, we're not so interested in health. I was actually talking to someone recently about the, the so-called health portfolio that government ministers are sometimes lumped with and rarely are they health portfolios. Usually they're sickness portfolios, how we treat the sick. What if we actually did begin to think in terms, as Tasmanians, we began to think in terms of healthy lifestyles and rather than body image, we actually put that down the the pecking order a bit and begin to think in terms of health. Are we healthy? Can we can we take a walk? Can we Can we get out and enjoy nature? Can we play sport? Can we do those things? Those those become they should become a part of the the target. How about number three? Intellectual. Have some intellectual targets for your life. The mind is an amazing muscle, and for most people, their mind can actually do far more than they realise. Number four, spiritual targets. For some people, who perhaps if you're a Christian, how about having this as a target? A greater commitment to your local church, a commitment to read your Bible through from cover to cover, a commitment to pray through a, a daily prayer routine, and Bible memorization. There's some spiritual targets. Number five, financial targets. Maybe you're in debt. Maybe it's getting you down. Maybe you haven't got enough to get by. Well, set some targets. Figure this out. Number six, here's, here's the sixth one. Relational targets. When, when you, as you go through life, do you want to do you want to increase the number of friends you have? Hey, forget about Facebook. They call them friends, and I have no idea why, except maybe to trick people, because they're not really, but there are people who can be your friends, and you can actually set a target to make a difference in people's lives. So have have a think about those six areas, achievements, physical uh, targets, intellectual targets, maybe doing a, a university course or reading a number of books or reading certain books on a certain topic, spiritual targets, financial targets, relational targets. Targets last a lifetime and it's the goals that you establish along the way that mark the progress toward that target. Here's number two. Say yes more often opportunities look for yes people there are there are many opportunities that come our way that are looking for you to say 
yes would you like to join this program would you like to go to this party would you like to come to this dinner would you like to volunteer try saying yes more often there was a movie that that came out i'm not sure if it was jim carrey or someone like that called the yes man and he committed that every question or every opportunity and question that was asked of him over the course of a day he would say yes to can you do this yes would you like to come and do this yes and the movie shows how simply saying yes dramatically changed his life for the better so i'm not saying that hollywood movies are the best philosophy for building our life but it is interesting how many times we don't say yes because perhaps of fear or apprehension or whatever it is and here's the last one cameron number one so i've got five be a lifelong learner four be polite interested and interesting to other people number three develop targets for your life number two say yes more often and number one accept god's offer of help for your life god actually offers to help us to live life in fact i'm going to suggest we're actually created and designed by god to rely on his help well why not take advantage of that it will give you an unfair advantage in life if you do accept god's guidance for your life you'll discover his will his ways and his word will give you an unfair advantage in life by keeping you from often the harmful aspects of life and leading you more likely with a greater probability into those things that are fulfilling and satisfying in your life as well and you might think yeah but how and let me tell you how it starts with a prayer no matter where you are you are you may feel you're a million miles from god but you're not you're just one step and that step is a prayer it's just one step starts with a prayer and it could just simply be three words god help me just a simple prayer like that could start you on a journey to living a life where you begin to find and discover that you are entering into a season of your life where you are creating moments that mean you have unfair advantages for your good in your life cameron i'll be back next wednesday when we'll continue to talk about stuff that matters and things that can help people live life better Thank you, Andrew. The great subject this morning, and uh, we'll put this on uh, the website for you to download very soon here at YFM. We hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, lots of good words of wisdom there this morning from Dr. Andrew, which I will take on board, board as well. So, um, yeah, I encourage you to do so as well.